0: So today, today's message is really called The Secret Door. The Secret Door That Will Change Your Year. Now, I want to use some illustrations. I want to go into the Bible, and I really want to captivate your imagination. I truly believe that your year will be completely changed as a result of hearing this message, and more specifically, receiving this message. Let's start off with Scripture. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, it says, A wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me. There, a great and promising one, and there are many adversaries. I want to prophesy right now in Jesus' name. That for you, a door of opportunity has been made open. And you shall walk through it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I want to introduce you to a family game that we play in my house. Every Christmas, I'm Nigerian, and, um, but we've, in my, my brothers my sisters, they've married... A lot of Caribbean people. So the extended family is a mixture of Nigerians and Caribbean people. Now, I love all my family. And the interesting thing about them, <coughs> the Caribbean side, <coughs> sorry. The Caribbean side, when my family gets together, they do enjoy their drink. Not all Caribbean people, but just my part of the family. And what's really funny is that when they start drinking, they play all kinds of ridiculous games. So, not this Christmas, last Christmas, we played a game called when when and where. The when represents how old you were and the where is the location. So, build participation today and even online as well, why not? So, the question was, when did Andrew first have, first have alcohol? When and where? How old do you think I was? And this is no discredit to my parents, by the way. And where do you think I was? Let's come, on. guys, you can participate, it's okay. Anyone? At home? Okay, how old? Seven. Oh, Lord. Seven at home. Who else? Let's have two more. Twelve. Pastor Amanda said twelve. Where was I? At home. Who else? Eighteen. Where? Party. Everyone was wrong. I was ten years old. The location? Church. When I told them at the party, they were like, no. Impossible. How did this happen? I grew up Catholic, that's how it happened. So when we had the, uh, the preparation of the first Holy Communion, we went through a couple of weeks of study, and then eventually the day came and I could taste the precious blood of Jesus in alcohol form. So we had it. And I thought to myself, wow. This is so different, I can finally receive communion. Now, it meant nothing to me. The only interesting thing, really, at the time, at 10 years old, was I'm having alcohol. And on Monday, I remember in school, I ran to school, to my school friends, and I said, you wouldn't believe I had alcohol. It was amazing. But what's really interesting, as I grew up, and I found faith in Christ, I realised some interesting things about communion. Communion is a sacrament. And this is is so important. So this word sacrament came to my mind and I thought, what does sacrament mean? Sacrament means a pledge or an oath to do or not do something. Now, we're at the beginning of the year. And everyone's heard of New Year resolutions. So I came to the word resolution and I found out what it meant. And it means this. Resolution, a firm decision to do or not do something. And I realised a sacrament and resolution is the same thing. I realised that communion, me taking, a commun- taking communion, was actually me pledging, me making an oath to Jesus in agreement I'm going to live for you. And I realized, wow. I never thought about it like that. Usually I'll just take it. I'll be at home, I'll be at church and I'll just I'll just take it. And there was often no connection, no connection as to why I was doing it. It was just, you know, it's just what you do sometimes. But then I realized the significance of communion. Pastor Colin last, last Sunday was preaching about the remembrance of communion. And it's so important to remember communion. It's so re- important to remember what Jesus has actually done for us concerning communion because the communion represents so much, which we'll talk about. But what is so interesting is this particular thing. When we take communion, it's a declaration from God of what he has done and made available to you. So like when I was saying when I take it when we take it it is us giving our resolution making a resolution to live accordingly to his way his truth his life by faith Now let me rewind to when I was a catholic When I was a catholic they used to they believe in something called transubstantiation And what that basically means is that the bread and the juice was literally the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That is what transubstantiation means. They, they believe that, that it, 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 that's what it is. And I didn't truly understand that because, or actually I didn't really believe it. And then I looked at life and I was noticing that different Christians believe different things in terms of what it represented. But nothing really rang true to me until I came to Kensington Temple and realise that the teaching of the communion is that it's bread, it's juice, it's alcohol, if you take alcohol, whatever it may be, it doesn't change in terms of its, its, its form. But when you take it by faith, the grace that is found within it is released. This is a wonderful thing. About three years ago, I was spending time with the Lord and I asked him, why don't I like this particular person from my family? I didn't understand what what was wrong. And he revealed to me that I was really hurt. I was really upset. Something happened when I was young and I was actually keeping it against this person. And I said to God, I said, Lord, I don't want to feel this way towards them anymore. And I knew... I knew the moment that I take this communion, I'd be healed. I don't know where that mindset came from. But I knew if I, if I take it, it took me an hour to take that one communion. I realised that I've been holding it for so long that I actually didn't want to let go of the unforgiveness, the pain, the hurt. It was actually hard to let go. But I realised, in letting go, I could be healed. I could receive God's love. I realised that the communion in this moment represented faith. And how faith is a door. Jesus actually says in... in, um, in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. And I realised in that moment when I was praying in my room, I knew that if I took, if I took that communion beyond the line of faith, I knew I'd be healed. After taking the communion by faith, I laughed, I kid you not, for one hour in my room. No one said anything funny, but the Lord was healing me. I said, wow. There was another time I was upset. I, was, I don't know what, what was happening. I was, I was feeling sad. About two years ago, nearly to the day, we lost someone. In my ministry, in the children's ministry, and um, it really upset me. And for about a year, I never knew it was upsetting me so much. And I remember sitting down with the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't want to carry on like this. I, I don't want to hold on to this anymore. I don't, I, I'm, I don't feel connected to you as much anymore. I need help. Once again, I knew I should take communion and the pains that I was walking with for so long, when I took that communion by faith, what happened didn't stop happening, it it, it didn't reverse what had happened, it happened, he passed away. But my healing that I received by faith gave me the strength to keep walking for Jesus. I realised that the communion can do so many things, not just heal. The communion was an invitation, not just to me, but to every single one to come out of the darkness which you call life at times. And it's Jesus giving you his hand. And if you're willing to accept it, if you're willing to take hold of that grace, he'll bring you in. And you'll walk with him by faith. I realized that as long as there was some type of food and some type of liquid, I could have communion at any time. I realized that in communion, by simply taking communion, I could move dimension. I could stop functioning in the typical Andrew and could start functioning as the man of God. I thought to myself, wow, this communion is amazing. How much more is available? And I started to look at things and I thought, wait, hold on. This has changed my prayer completely. How true is this to so many people? So let's say before the door, before we walk through by faith, and really we're we're wooed in by the Holy Spirit. Before we do that, we often pray for things. We often stand here and quote promises. Lord, your word says this. Lord, you said this. I need that particular thing that I know is there. And we get it. We had faith to believe. But as soon as we got that thing, guess what happened? Instead of abiding, we got it and walked back out. Living for self again. Having cares of the world again. Anxieties, fears, frustrations again. The old you is dead, true but the unrenewed mind is rampant here. And I said to myself, wow, Lord, is what you're showing me correct? And he, he, he took me to Matthew chapter nine, when it talks about the woman with the issue of blood. And I said to myself, when did faith start here? Did faith start at the moment of healing? And the Lord showed me something very beautiful. The Bible says that faith starts when you receive rhema. So check this out. The woman with the issue of blood, she had the issue for 12 years. She must have heard of what Jesus was doing. And no matter where she was, whether she was in her living room, whether she was walking down the road, she was contemplating on what Jesus was doing. Remember, Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. He is the Logos made flesh. So her mind was on the Logos and what the Logos was doing. And there was a moment where she believed, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. And I realized she received Rhema. Flesh and blood didn't tell her that. In that moment, because her mind was open on the Logos. She actually received Raymond. She received a thought from the Holy Spirit. And she believed it and she ran with it. But you see, the receiving was just the beginning. She had to really accept it. She had to accept it until it came to pass. And it would only come to pass when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She was moving by faith. Now the Bible says that faith without works is dead. What's so interesting about faith is that faith has to produce an outcome. It has to. The end goal of faith is some form of fruitfulness because the fruit glorifies God. So listen to this. When she finally reaches Jesus, remember... The culture in the time was, she was bleeding, she had no right to even be around people. But her faith allowed her to go through the social faults and barriers. Her faith essentially allowed her to do the impossible. And not only do the impossible on a social level, but to receive her miracle. And when she touched, it came to pass that the thought, That she probably had in her head, which was really from the Holy Spirit, came to complete manifestation and she was healed. How interesting that to be called born again, we are aware of our connection with Jesus. We are aware that one, there is a door and two, it's open. But how interesting, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. So it was by faith that you even recognised and accepted that Jesus came to do what he came to do. By faith. You're justified simply because he's given you eyes to see. But this is the point I want to focus on. Now that you're justified by faith... The just are called to walk by faith. So here's the question. Are you walking in faith right now? How do you know you're walking in faith? Are you aware of God's love for you right now? Is God's love for you that you know go beyond the intellect And is it a knowing in your heart? Can you perceive the presence of God right now? When was the last time you perceived the presence of God? When was the last time you sensed the fruit of the Spirit manifesting through your life? When was the last time you loved loved on someone who, quite frankly, is usually, in your natural mind, unlovable? It's very easy for me to love my brother. But to love my enemy, that's not natural. That's supernatural. That's God. When was the last time? I was asking these questions to myself and I realized, wow. To live by faith, I really understand Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. Not he visits, how true is this movement to so many of us, coming back to the sacrament, are you willing to really take this communion, the bread and the wine, or the bread and the juice, are you willing to truly make a resolution today? a resolution tomorrow, a resolution the day after tomorrow, a resolution next week, each time coming to the opportunity that God has given you to walk by faith. Because ultimately, that's part of the benefits of this. Yes, there's healing, and we'll be talking about that in weeks to come. Yes, there's walking in in the grace of God. We'll talk about that, but let me tell you this. Are you willing... To simply come to him, take communion and accept your call. Do you know that your call to live for him, or should I say for him to live through you? Do you know that your call, when you said, yes, I accept your life, you actually said, yes, I'm willing to do that all the time. Do you know your purpose as a Christian is actually to bear the image of God? So how interesting. It must, you have to ask yourself the question, what gospel have you heard? Or what gospel message are you functioning by? Are you functioning by the gospel message of, you know, God's gonna be good to me no matter what? Let me do what I want. God will give me things, he'll protect me, he'll do all of those things. I'm 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 in it for my benefits. I tell you this: if that is your understanding of the gospel, <laughs> you're gonna feel that God's let you down many times. Why? Uh, he didn't He didn't give me what His Word says. He didn't He didn't give me my protection. He didn't free me from He. he, he it's all about me, me, me. And the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, it says this, for the one who died for you, the reason why he died was so you could live for him. Each time you take that communion, you're saying, yes, I agree. Yes, I accept the call. And Jesus isn't, trying to, uh, isn't asking you to do it in your own strength. The beauty of operating by faith is that when you are operating by faith, this is the terrain of truth, freedom, and grace. When you are functioning by faith, you can walk in the perceived presence of God. There are three types of presences of God. God is omnipresent. He's ever at all times, praise God. For the believer, there's an indwelling presence. And the third one is God's manifested presence. You can actually walk and perceive God's presence in your life. How interesting that in His presence, you don't only hear His voice, you can hear His voice outside. But I tell you this, when you're in the presence, you are in the position to accept what his voice is saying to you. The Bible says that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. How interesting that that word, for word is rhema. Rhema is kind of like a spoken word. It's like the Holy Spirit speaking it to you personally. How interesting that the rhema word comes out of a place of faith. How interesting that the Bible says it's only faith that pleases God. So God is calling you to operate by faith because that is the location where the relationship with you and the Holy Spirit takes place. And as you grow in that reality, God starts to manifest through you even more. He starts to reveal more of himself to you. The Bible talks about three types of knowledge, but there's two that I want to focus on. Gnosis and genosco. Gnosis. Greek word for gnosis, it basically means scientific knowledge. It's like getting a book about Pastor Colin and reading all you can about Pastor Colin and saying, okay, cool, I understand. Pastor Colin was born in Kenya. Pastor Colin's white. Um, Pastor Colin is, is an apostle, he moves the prophetic. You can read all these things about him. But the difference between Gnosis, which is knowledge from a book, is no matter how knowledgeable you get from that book about Colin, you will never have Ginosko, which Amanda has. Why does Amanda have that? Because she has relationship with Colin. There are things in that book that you will never know because you're not, in a relationship with him and because she's in a relationship with him there are experiences there are things that she knows that no one else knows and this is what God is calling for you in him for you to walk in relationship with him this is your call this is how you're going to be successful. Why? Because in this realm, the Bible says that you are seated in heavenly places. See, when you're walking by faith, when you walk by faith, you walk with the mind of Christ. No degree can get you this mind. This mind is a result of you operating by faith and being so tuned with God that you're flowing on his frequency. And how you come across, how you respond to people, how you think, no longer is you, but it's Christ in you. Your whole purpose is for Christ in you to be revealed. Why? Because that is why you are born again, to bear his image, to walk in his ways. The beautiful thing about this is this. You don't have to do it in your own strength. All he's asking for you is to surrender to him. He's asking you to fall in love with him. Why? And you can only fall in love with him because you are aware that he loves you first.